Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday and happy Big Sky Tournament Week. You're listening in to Nuanez Now on 1029 ESPN in Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. If you're looking at the television broadcast, you don't see anybody in the studio, have no fear. It's because we're not there. We are broadcasting remotely from Idaho Central Arena in downtown Boise, Idaho. So happy to be here. Riley Corker giving a round of applause. Riley Corker, voice of the Grizz, and Sean Rainey, sports director at SWX Montana Television, are joining me. we got a lot of stuff to get to. The Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Tournament is in full flux right now yesterday three games now we have two in the book so far today we'll give you some scores and of course we're going to start with leading with the um unbelievable shocking completely unpredictable result of last night with the lady grizz losing to sacramento state i would argue one of the biggest upsets in the history of the big sky conference tournament we're also going to talk to chris redpath our uh, around the big sky in women's hoops analysts Get her thoughts on the first day of the tournament, specifically the Lady Grizz game as well. It's a Tuesday, so that means we have our Treasure State Stars as well. And uh, in the second hour, a bunch of great guests for us as well. Steve Keller, he's the head coach for the University of Providence men's basketball team. They take one of the top seeds in the NAIA men's national tournament after winning the Frontier Conference. They take to the national tournament next week. And uh, they will preview that matchup as well. And then we also have another excerpt from Grizz Greats, Kelly Stensrud, a Missoula Hellgate product, a Missoula native. Uh, we'll share an excerpt from his Grizz Greats episode. He was a running back on the 1995 Grizz National Championship team. 
you want to listen live anywhere besides your television or your radio, it's easy. All you got to do is go to our station website, 1029ESPN.com. There you will find the live stream. The live stream is presented by Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to give us a call, shoot us a text. Texting is probably easiest since we are remote. Reese can forward those right along to us. But 361-3688, that's 406-361-3688. All guests join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Let's get into it. We're going to share some sound from the Lady Grizz game last night. But before that, we've got to give you a little analysis on it. Riley Cork and Sean Rennie were both watching this game with me here in Boise, Idaho. And Montana came into this game on a little bit of a skid, three-game losing streak, entering the Big Sky Conference Tournament the University of Montana women's basketball team had. But those three losses were to the two best teams in the league, Idaho State and Idaho. And there was a little bit of optimism before that with the first five-game winning streak since Robin Selvig retired. All of that came to a crashing halt last night. We're going to get into the ins and outs, the X's and O's, the analysis of all of it. But just initially, Sean, your reaction, because this was, you know, in this, this 65-58 loss for Lady Grizz, I would argue is one of the worst losses in program history. Well, we we have Riley here. So I'll let Riley kind of play the the, the optimist role Thank and viewpoint, guys. and I'll be the pessimist Perfect. here. Perfect. You guys are doing um, great here. And, and especially, man, like I just got done watching the, the house that Rob built, you know, for the second time. Like, That's why I led my story on Skyline Sports. Like a the week house that Rob built just came out, and it, this is this the uh, the latest to the erosion of the foundation. Of well, because house. I think it's, it, it's important because I think over time you forget where you were at. And I, I think, and I apply this with kind of with like Montana football too, as we were, you know, a lot of people were talking like, you know, should they keep Bob Stitt around? Should they not? And things like that. And you're like, well, they, they, you know, they had a decent year the year before. And I think you kind of get used to throughout the years, maybe settling for, you know, a, a level that, that is below what you were normally used to. And it has been, you know, a few years, obviously, since Robin Selvig left and, since Montana has been dominant. And so I think you're like, oh, yeah, I mean, they showed him signs of improvement, 12 and 11, and they had flashes here and there, blah, 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 blah. Like, if, if you're if, if you're just signs if you're improvement, com- though, is this signs of improvement? They went 17 and 11 last year, and they won 12 league games. They got to buy in the first Well, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, let, let me jump in on this one. What were the expectations coming into the year? Because I think that's relevant. I remember the three of us had a conversation, and there was a conversation that the final number, how many wins were they going to have? Was maybe six or less by all of them. I think yeah. and they did go 500. So that's all I'm going to say. No, like, I think start I that. think that they they showed signs of improvement, and I think that like team chemistry wise, it was a lot you know better. There wasn't as much drama this year, things like that. But it was still like a really bad year when you compare it to what they were used to, you know, seven years ago and things like that. And like I don't think I don't think that Montana fans should get used to accepting the mediocrity because exactly. they have the facilities, they have all the resources. Like there is no reason that Montana basketball on the men's and the women's side should ever be the, the sixth seed and lower. Like I know that like this was a crazy year and things happen and you could maybe throw that out for one year, but it's been multiple years of this now in the Lady Gears program. And I don't think that it should be acceptable. It, you know what I mean? I think that there's a couple of different layers to this, right? Yeah. Is number one, what was the cupboard like coming into this season? Again, for sure, and I'm not like blaming like the coaching sure. staff right. or any individuals in particular, but it's more just like this being at this level 
at this, you know, standard with the rest of the conference, it's just, it's not acceptable. And it shouldn't be like, yes, they, they shown signs of improvement. Like maybe they can get there. Like, no, they should not be at this at this level. It's crazy to think that we're here on quarterfinal Tuesday and the Lady Grizz aren't involved. I agree with you. The tradition of this program is, I think, the X factor in all of this because our expectations are at a level where I agree with they should be there. With what the Lady Grizz program has done with Robin Selvig, you are at a very critical point because they've lost a little bit of the luster, right? And you still can revive that, in my opinion. But the longer of, you go, correct. the longer like there there is no more. Luster. Correct. So I think when you assess this team, and we'll get into all of the layers of this, 12 and 11 this year, considering the roster they had, I would say pretty good all things considered. But the expectations of the Lady Grizz program, far, far from what we expect for them to be. Here's a stat for you guys that is really interesting and telling. This team had 12 wins this year, right? They beat the College of Idaho and their 11 Division I wins. The average RPI of their 11 wins... 297 out of 343. So that that kind of helps reveal the record a little bit, too. And and I think, though, that they established, you know, like a a good core foundation, you know, in some of their players and things like that. But I I just, my mind goes to a certain story, and it was with Montana football in the the Stitt era. And I'm sitting on the team bus after they lost to Northern Colorado on the road. And I'm sitting there. And I'm looking around and like the at their facilities at just the whole thing, and I was like, it's a it's a grass high school field with 50 people in attendance, and I'm like, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, there is no possible way that Montana, with all of their resources, all of the fan base, everything, like the the, the passion, the the everything, there is no way that a Montana team should ever lose to a team that has basically no support and doesn't care, has no fan base, has those facilities. There's just no way, and I I apply that to the Montana Lady Grizz, and I think it's got to change moving forward. And it's comparable Northern Colorado to Sacramento State last night. Yeah. I agree. Listening to Nuanez now on 102.90 ESPN Missoula or watching on statewide television, SWX Montana Television. We are live from Boise, Riley Corcoran, Voice of the Grizz, Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, joining me, Coulter Nuanez. Thanks to all our great sponsors who sent us down here, including Aspen South. Aspen Sound of Missoula wants to get you ready for summer with window tinting for your car and stereos for your boat. Aspen Sound located at 1300 West Broadway in Missoula. Here's the thing, guys. We can talk about all the things that we know that's great about the University of Montana, the pride, the tradition, the resources, the support, the fan base, all that stuff. It's tried and true. It's across the board, particularly for the revenue sports. Montana had such a rich history before this last decade, which has been objectively a, a significant notch down from where almost every single athletic department program in the athletic department was at 10 years ago. But the fact of the matter is, Last year, Montana losing to Northern Arizona. And granted, Northern Arizona, that is one of the least tradition-laden programs in the Big Sky Conference. But they have an up-and-coming coach in Lori Payne. It was a talented team. They had multiple all-conference players. That's completely different than what we saw last night. What we saw last night was Montana lose to one of the worst teams that I have ever covered in the Big Sky Conference. They lost to a team with an RPI of 339. How many teams are there? in the 358. Okay, so we were talking one of the 15 worst teams in the country. Weber State is the worst team that I've seen in the Big Sky in years, and they swept Sac State this year. That's how bad Sacramento State is. So, again, give Sac State credit for playing hard, but here's where I'm at is the Lady Grizz have several fundamental issues within the program. They still have top-level talent that's on par with anybody in the league. I still think that Sophia Styles 
Carmen G. Feller and Abby Anderson would start, if not star, for almost every team in the conference, really. And I think if they were in different systems, they could actually probably produce at an even higher level than they do already. But the rest of the roster needs a significant upgrade. and They, they, ha- they don't have any depth. They don't have any players that can play at this level beyond maybe their top five or six. But more than anything, though, what we've seen in big games, particularly rivalry games and particularly tournament games over the last several years, is that Montana, they, they fade as hard as you can fade in big moments. When you're talking about you know, having an f- entire fourth quarter against the Cats a couple years ago where they do not make a field goal, that's not just bad luck. You have to be able to execute under pressure. You have to be able to draw up a play to get yourself an easy bucket. You have to, it's, it's, from, it's, a, it's across the organization. Again, like Sean said, it's no one specific person's fault. Instead, this is completely... It, you need to fundamentally change the mentality of the program. Like last night in the fourth quarter, the Lady Grizz were just flat and melting down. I mean, that's they, they were making turnovers that not even they would make, though. This was, this was outside of... This wasn't a talent issue. This was straight up the mentality of the team was fading. It was almost like they knew that this upset would be so devastating to their program, and they fulfilled this prophecy of tragedy, which is so hard to stomach when, for seriously 40 years... The Lady Grizz were the opposite of that. When it got down to the very end of games, they dominated, and they won games that they probably even shouldn't. And it's just amazing to see how far the whole thing has fallen. And again, I know there's a lot of different factors that go into it, but at the end of the day, it's unacceptable that Montana loses to the last place team in the Big Sky Conference on the first day of the Big Sky Conference tournament. I think two two points to, to be known here. Like, one, let's say they, they end up like narrowly beating Sac State, and then they, they play Montana State tough, and then barely lose. Sure. I think the narrative would be like, well, they, they won their one game in Boise. They played the number three seed tough. You know, so I, I don't want to necessarily like, it's one game. You know, so I it's I don't want to necessarily go like two over one, like swing one way or, or the other based on results. But, and then the second part I wanted to just kind of make as we are really kind of, you know, diving into the critique theory. And, and you were kind of saying like, it's we're not pointing the finger at like necessarily one person or one thing. And it's really hard when we're talking about some criticisms of a program like this. It's really hard to talk about sometimes for us, especially because, like, I love Mike Petrino. He has been awesome this entire year. Have a ton of respect for him. Love the staff and and, and all the dealings that we've had with them. There's a lot of players on the team that we, you know, enjoy and talk about. And so uh, it's we're not necessarily putting blame on anyone in particular. It's just a more of like a general thing. Well, let's talk about that exact element of it, though, because I do. I actually think it's worth noting that, to me, with the way that Sharon Schwain's dismissal was fundamentally mishandled, the coaching staff this year got a raw deal. And so I don't know if you could actually evaluate them based on their job because, like we were saying, coming into this year, we thought this this team was actually going to be way worse than that, and that has nothing to do with Mike Petrino or Jace Henderson or Jordan Sullivan or Nate Colville. The mass exodus of transfers because of the mishandling of the firing with Gabby Harrington leaving and Jamie Pickens leaving and all these different factors, that then left the, the roster short, stocked, and I, just, I think there's a lot of different factors. But at the end of the day, if you, we don't want to sit here and play the blame game, but if you're going to hold somebody accountable, it's, it's the athletic administration for the fact that this could have been handled in a different way and they, w- they could have empowered the current coaching staff at a much higher level if they wouldn't have screwed up the way that this all went down a year ago last spring. It's a, it's a trickle-down effect, and let me I'm going to start at the, the bottom and work our way to the top. So I'm watching the game yesterday, and Sac State in the second half, they're, they're getting they're beating Montana off the dribble. They're getting to the, the, to the lane and, and scoring. Montana, I don't think one time in the second half 
beat their defender off the dribble they didn't. And, and got to the rim. Okay, so what is that a, a factor of? Well, maybe some of their players aren't suited to necessarily do that. Well, why is that? Well, this staff, like I said, they're interim, so it's hard to recruit maybe some of the players and, and some of the talent and things like that. So maybe you can't blame that on, on the coaches necessarily. And then, so why was that happen? Well, because of kind of how the, the transition, had, like, so it's, so why did they not be able to, you know, get any dribble penetration in the second half? Well, probably because of three, four factors before that, that trickle down all the way into that I, 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 that exact factor, and then that is a result of why they lose to a Sac State. The, the roster assessment, I think, is very interesting and critical to what we're talking about here because last April, there wouldn't have been... The team would have not been able to hold a five-on-five scrimmage. They just they wouldn't have had that many players. I mean, they were down to maybe six or seven players that would have stayed with the program, everybody in flux, everything in between. You look at a Gabby Harrington and a Jamie Pickens. I, this would be a fascinating debate if those two players were on this Lady Grizz team with this interim coaching staff. Then what are we talking about? Be great. We'd, have, we'd have a lot better, uh, we'd have a lot more to evaluate in terms exactly. of the coaching, right? Yeah. Exactly. I, I guess what I would say is if they had those if they had those two to add to their big three of Sophia Styles, Abby Anderson, and Carmen G. Filler, and then they had the same result, then we were talking about oh, man. really, really killing them for the coaching job. Whereas on the opposite side, though, I think if you have those two players added to the mix, it'd be pretty hard to not get a buy, right? I mean, I just think you would have top four talent in the league. That's the other thing, though, that's crazy is that those top three are still among the best trios in the league. You do see some flashes that they're still – I mean – it's not as hopeless as I think a lot of people think because they do still have building blocks. They still can get players. They're always going to be able to get players, though, because look at the arena. You just take someone to the Hall of Fame and look at all of the trophies and the banners and everything. I just I think that's why the evaluation is so tough because they're always going to live in the shadow of their own history forever until they recapture the tradition that they once had. Yeah, it's a combination of, of everything. Like you said, they have, you know, talented players, but then kind of the... the the depth isn't there, and so teams can kind of focus in on that. But also, like some of it is, you got to draw up and find ways to get those players certain opportunities as well. Like I said, there was like no, it was just shocking because you don't watch a basketball game where there's like no dribble penetration. And if you're if you're passing the ball into the post, it's fine, but the the defense gets to dictate then how they want to defend that. So if they want to double like a Carmen G. Feller. They get to choose, and they know, and they can game plan who they're going to send over, and then that, that dictates where the pass goes, and then the defense can rotate knowing where they want to rotate. If you're beating somebody off the dribble, the defense doesn't isn't dictating that, and so they are then scrambling, trying to, to find, and then you find open shooters, and then your shooting percentage goes up, and you're not going four for 31. Some of these, like the shooting percentages, it's not just because they don't have shooters. Hannah Thurman, some of these players are good shooters. A lot of them, I would say, probably 25 of the 31 threes that were taken were not great shots to begin with. So you're not going to make them. Nuana's now on 290 ESPN Missoula Statewide Television on SWX Montana. That's another factor that's worth noting is that this team, they shot 31 threes last night. They missed all but four of them. Missed 15 in a row. They missed 15 in a row. I think at one point they were 2 of 28 from beyond the arc. Their last two makes were actually desperation makes in the last about 100 seconds of the game. Um, and the, the, way the, the way the roster is structured is to, to get the ball to the post, but then the, after the Bobcat series, where the Bobcats decided to front and back both Montana's posts, Carmen G. Filler and Abby Anderson, 
everybody in the league just stole that blueprint. Mm-hmm. And Montana had no answer after that because they just didn't have anybody on the perimeter that could knock down shots. But I, I have a question for both of you guys. To me, we can talk about all of these roster uh, holes, or we can talk about these players are talented, these players are not, whatever. To me, though, this is so much more than an actual tangible sports analysis. I think that these teams are they're losing games late in big moments because of lack of mental fortitude. Point blank, period. Montana, they should and could have won the game last night. I mean, they had multiple panic turnovers where they looked completely out of sorts, and that's just purely based on your mental aptitude. The Maddie Shoning turnover was so uncharacteristic. At that point was when I kind of knew that there was going to be no miracle comeback at that point. Your lone senior just kind of throws it out of bounds. It was a combination of everything from what you were talking about, Sean, with Sac State going to zone, then Abby Anderson being out. That basically counteracts what Montana can do as far as a, a, a matchup advantage, having both bigs in the game, and then going four for whatever it was, 31, from three-point range. So those three things that were a combination of all of it, from the mental side of it that Coulter's referencing, you could. You could just feel it in the you sands, could right? That's you could exactly feel it right. in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter, and I was pacing around the arena, and I could just feel it slipping away. And I know not, everyone did. And it's not new. That's the issue. It was the same feeling we've had at this tournament watching the Lady Grizz multiple times. It's almost like they know they're the better team. They know they should, could, and likely will win, but then they don't win. And it's it's just it, it's so much because they just cannot seize the moment. They can't seize their their own their own capabilities. And it's a and it's like I said, it's a combination of everything. I, I go back to some of the Robin Selvig days and I could always remember every single game they would get at least two or three backdoor cuts that resulted in, in layups. Like they always would they would drive to the right and then they'd have the person in the corner that would act like they're coming up to get a, like a dribble handoff, they cut back door and then they get that's I mean that's four to six free points a game. And I think it's little things like that, because that, I haven't seen that since Robin Selvig left. And those are generating four to six easy points per game that, that are meaningful and add up. It might, it might not sound big, but when you're doing that, and then, and then next time the, the defense, they know that they got backdoored, so they're slow coming up, and then they get the handoff and you can get an open three or something like that because of the defense is, is reacting to certain things. Like Those are just like little like minute examples that I remember in the Robin Selvig era that like, I don't see, you don't see those like free cheap points and everything is like, is, is a, they have to really earn every single bucket. And it's, it's more of a struggle than, than back in those days when like that, those kind of things would get drawn up. It's the ultimate X factor in this team. And you guys asked a great question. Well, you kind of could feel it slipping away. Well, when do they overcome that? It's going to, it has to take a breakthrough moment. When is that going to come? How is it going to come? Who is it against? Because it is that same feel that we've had kind of multiple years going into big-time games, and especially leads late or just knowing when you're the favorite. Um, it's a mindset that obviously this program has lost the last couple of years. Nuana is now listening on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Are you watching on SWX Montana Television? Maybe you're listening live on the live stream as well. I am Coulter Nuana. We're back casting live from Idaho Central Arena, downtown Boise, Idaho. It is the Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Tournament. The men's tournament gets kicked off tomorrow. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me, as is Sean Rainey, sports director of SWX Montana. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for sending us down to Boise, including Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team of Windermere Real Estate. They're the official realtors of Grizzly Athletics, the Wahlberg team. More than four decades of experience 
in Western Montana. And Winnery Real, Real Estate, they also proudly reinvest their time and commission money into the Missoula community each and every year. And Real Estate Questions, give Brent Wahlberg a call. Sean, what's up? I do want to say one more thing real quick, because I've you know, been kind of hard and sound like the pessimist, and we're talking about, like, you know, can they regain everything? I, I think that it, it is something that can turn around quicker than people might realize. Because, 100%. Because, because it's... I, because once you break through, then it's like it's like a we're back. It's like a thing that just goes off. Well, like they we literally, can, you they know, literally like, have no excuse to be where they're at right now. Period. They have no excuse. It's the Lady Grizz, guys. They won a tur- the first twenty-seven of these tournaments. They won seventeen of them going away. I know a lot of those tournaments were in Missoula, but I mean, th- th- this is not. Robin Selvig had 36 winning seasons in 38 years. Robin Selvig won 20 games every single year. This was a 25 to 30 win program over and over and over again. And all of that isn't going anywhere. The history remains. Look at how Northern Arizona never drew more than 500 fans for 20 years in women's basketball. They didn't make the conference tournament for more than a decade. They hired a good coach and they got a seed multiple years in a row with Lori Payne. A coach can make a huge difference at a school that has no tradition. A, a, a remake of the program can make a huge, an even bigger difference at a school that has a lot of tradition. The biggest point here that we're going to circle back to throughout the next month during this coaching search is going to be what are the expectations? Because referencing Robin Selvig obviously is going to be in the shadow of whoever gets the job and whoever is going to lead the Lady Grizz into their next game. But are we talking that the Lady Grizz need to win 25 games every year and win the league? What is acceptable? Getting in the top four and competing? Winning 20? Like, what is that bar that we're saying this program needs to get to? See, I think before you get to that point, you have to find, we were talking about that spark, the thing that's going to change it. I think we need to, you need to narrow it down and figure out what that is. Is it a new coach that's going to come in right. and change things that's going to you know move the program going forward? Is it just finding a couple other players that can balance out the roster, make it better, and, and can supplement the, the big three? And then that that's the spark. Is it just winning a few tight games late that gives them confidence moving forward? Is that it? Like You need to like evaluate and really come up with what, what do I you know, and this is you know what Ken Haslam and, and the athletic department is going to have to figure out. Like, what is the the spark, the thing that needs to happen in order to get to that point, and then you can really get back to talking about those big expectations and lofty expectations that the University of Montana has. It's bigger than the Lady Grizz. That's what Montana needs to re-remember. The number one reason Montana was the best athletic department in the Big Sky Conference for 25 years has nothing to do with the arenas they played in, has nothing to do with the city they're located in, has to do with the mentality of what it used to mean to be a Montana Grizzly, period. It was unacceptable to be anything but the best in the league, and that's how every athletic department carried it. That's how everybody in the athletic department carried themselves. A lot, it made Montana the most hated school in the league by a lot of other I still, schools. I still think they are, by the way. Uh, for sure. <laughs> oh. But that's, that's, that's the issue that we're, that we're approaching now, is the fact that schools in the revenue sports are reveling in beating the Grizzlies, right? It used to be everybody's going to give the Grizz their best shot. Well, now everybody's reveling in beating the Grizzlies. They're so happy to do it. The other turning point when we're just talking about women's basketball right now is the fact that this Big Sky Conference Women's League has proven that it's not necessarily a stepping stone league anymore as far as it's more of a league where coaches can really establish longevity. This league is one of the better leagues in the West in terms of... um, Consistent RPI, consistency amongst the quality of players, consistency just in in the best programs that come to play every year. Look at all the coaches in the league that have such long tenures, and that's where you have to worry now because Selvig 
had a 20-year experience advantage on everybody in the league. Now, all of a sudden, how do you catch somebody like Trisha Benford, who's been at the school for 16 years? How do you catch John Newley, who's been in this league on and off for 20 years and has been at Idaho for 12? How do you catch Ethan Sobolewski, who's in his 13th season at Idaho State? I don't know. I have a, uh, well, we're going to get into what, what's going to happen with the coaching scenario uh, further down the road. But I just think Montana needs to recapture the swagger that they once had as an athletic department. Uh, but also, they just ha- they can't let the gap get too extended because the gap's never going to stop widening. This if, if you do. Right, and that's why this is such a critical juncture. We talk about the, the history of the program, and, and I do think it's very fitting that that movie just came out. It really sure. is to me because you still have that connection with the past, that immediate connection where you can rekindle it. But you, the time is critical for right now, I think, for them to go start moving forward. And we heard Sophia Styles and Abby Anderson talk about it after the game. Abby Anderson said, we want to be the group that can get us back to what that dynasty was. And the fact that we can't and that we're losing here is like is really hard. And she said at the end, she's just like, we, we can't lose anymore. We can't. You know, and it was... It was a, but they feel that pressure. Yeah, obviously, yes, Every it's like they game. they know it, and it also, but it, it makes it that much more. I mean, to sound doom and gloom, it, it makes it that much more depressing and embarrassing to lose a game. Like no that. question, that's the dichotomy of the entire situation that they have within the women's basketball program right now. Is the fact that they have multiple elite players that went to Montana to play at Montana had nothing to do with who the coach was. I'm sure, it has a little bit to do with who the coaching staff is, but. The, the young ladies that sat in front of the, the media last night, and I appreciate them doing that because I know that's a terrible thing to do, but Sophia Styles and Abby Anderson would tell you that they were, especially Sophia Styles, she wanted to play for Montana forever. It doesn't matter if you or me or Shan Schwinn or Robin Selvig or Mike Petrino or whoever is the head coach. Well, Schwinn and I wanted to play for you. But <laughs> <laughs> I was say, Robin yeah. Selvig might be a little sure, bit more. Sure. Than, uh, but you guys know what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> but I think, I, think, I think that's the dichotomy, though, right, is you have a lot of, of you're going to get a lot of girls that want to play for the program more than anything else. But on the other hand, then it comes with the pressures of the program as well, just like you're talking about. So it, it is. It's even more disappointing when you lose because it's not just a loss within the moment. It's not just we're building this team right now. You're you're disappointing the biggest fan base in the big sky. You're disappointing this gigantic Lady Grizz family. And I know it weighs on them a lot because I know that there's been a ton of old Lady Grizz that have talked to these players in this team, really supported them. And you're not intentionally disappointing him, but it does feel like a letdown when, when you are suffering these losses. Here's what we're going to do. It's Nuana is now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Much more for this. We have some sound from Mike Petrino, Abby Anderson, and Sophia Stiles that we're going to share. Also have some uh, analysis from Krista Redpath, our Big Sky women's basketball analyst as well. And then we still got to get to our Treasure State Stars and a variety of other interviews as well. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana, as well as Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz. Joining me, Coulter Nuwan, is live from Boise, Idaho. Thanks so much to all our great sponsors for getting us here, including Nick Tabor, Westpac Wealth. Nick Tabor, Westpac Wealth, why build a work history when you can build a future in your own business? Westpac Wealth Partners, looking for entrepreneurial-minded people who are ready to take their future into their own hands. At Westpac Wealth, Nick and his associates provide their clients with financial tools and proven solutions for navigating this complex financial market. To learn more, give Nick a call, 728-6708, or apply at westpacwealth.com. More on the Lady Grizz and their loss last night to Sacramento State on Nuanez now, right after this. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. 
At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. everybody hope everybody's having a good tuesday i'm having a great time here at the big sky conference tournament in boise idaho we've had uh, some good games the last one against northern colorado and southern utah knockdown drag out unc the four seed they emerged with a 63 59 win they're into the women's basketball tournaments semifinals they'll play idaho state tomorrow at five we're about half an hour away from northern arizona versus idaho for the third quarter final of the day so we'll keep you up uh, updated and apprised on everything that we got going on you are listening to nuanez now on 10290 ESPN Missoula, as well as maybe watching statewide television, SWX Montana. Want to listen in live? All you have to do is go to the station website, 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You will find the stream presented by Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to send us a text, you can also do that, 406 361 3688. That's 406 361 3688. Thanks to our great sponsors for sending us down to Boise, including Carl Tyler Express Lube, three locations in Missoula, North Reserve, South Avenue, and First Street in Hamilton. Visit ktexpresslube.com for more information. After the Lady Grizz lost to Sacramento State last night, a uh, 65-58 loss to the number 11 seed, one of the worst losses in the history of the Big Sky Conference Tournament, or I guess biggest upsets in the history of the Big Sky Conference Tournament. Mike Petrino, Abby Anderson, and Sophia Stiles address the media. Here's some pieces of that sound from the post-game press conference after Montana's season ended after one game at the Big Sky Tournament for the fourth time in five years. Okay, Coach, you want to start with an opening comment? Well, you know, you never, you plan, prepare, and in a year of uh, pivoting, you know, you don't prepare for this moment. Um, I'll start by saying I love this group of girls. I love how hard they worked, and I love the effort they gave. We unfortunately had a rough shooting night, but their effort was there, and this has been a very challenging year, and I'm really proud of how hard they competed and worked and really tried to come together. We had a team that had eight new players and seven returners, six are new. Two-thirds of our playing time was gone. 70% of our scoring was gone. And we blended together, and these guys right here, uh, Sophie and Abby, were a big part of that, of getting our team together. And I'm really proud of what they did this year. Um, you know, Abby had a career year, all conference. Carmen had a career year, all conference. And I'm biased, but I think Sophie Styles is one of the best players in our conference as well. I think she was, I had her voted all conference. So um, I'm proud of these guys, and uh, I love coaching them. 
I love getting to be their coach, and they were fantastic. And that's my opening statement of the, of the season. Uh, give Sac State credit; their kids play hard. Uh, they put a lot of passion. Give them credit. Um, but again, I it hurts now, but we'll get over the pain and and look at the growth these guys did because it was very I was very proud of them. Coach wants to know how much did nerves and pressure play into tonight's result? Well, we've been in games before where we were down the fourth quarter and came back. So, you know, it's a good question. I, you know, there's some possessions you want back, but there's not a lot. I mean, a lot of shots we took were good shots that we made all year. So there's never a possession that you want in a turnover. But, you know, I thought we started out the game really well. Started the game really well. Kids did a great job executing finishing plays. And then, you know, they changed defense. They went to their zone. Uh, to break our rhythm up, and then they went back and forth, and uh, they collapsed on us inside. You know, um, <laughs> we spent a lot of time shooting in practice, and unfortunately, uh, they just didn't go down. But uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how much pressure nerves did because we've been in situations before and came out on top. I mean, you're talking about a team that we we set, according to our historian Joel, we set a school record for being down in the game before. We were at Northern Colorado, down by 18 points, and they came back and won. So they feel the pressure then. So I'm going to say that uh, we've been in a situation before and just didn't get done tonight. Sean Rainey saying you're going four from th 31 from three. Uh, were you satisfied with those Harper shots? Was it simple that they just didn't fall tonight? Well, some at the end were obviously rushed. I, I mean, we were four for 31, but I think we had our last two. So I think we were actually two for 29 at one point. Um, or two for 28, maybe. You know, we run. You know, Maddie breaks through and gets one. We, we got over in the second half. And then Sophia, off a play we called, said, look at three. And she now, I was right there in front of me. She had just a little bit of space and she got off and switched it in. So, um, unfortunately, half our threes came too late, maybe. Um, you know, again, I look at this. Our three leading scorers are Abby, Carmen, and Sophie. Uh, Abby had 11 shots, Sophie had 11 shots, plus getting the foul line. You know, Carmen had a little bit of foul trouble. I wish we got her more shots because she's a best shooter in the league, your field goal percentage of the league. She still got the line though, so she had eight attempts, but she got lined four times. So, you know, she had double digit shot attempts, really, and got the line. So, you know, it's a tough day. You know, we've been, the last few weeks, we've been searching for that fourth score, because it's a fourth score, and, um, you know, we just, we just didn't break through there. Uh, we had earlier in the year, um, you know, I'll, I'll second guess myself, I'll analyze that, see if we, we could do better, but. The Big Sky is known for its competitive basketball, and this is the first time that an 11th seed has been able to win a game in the tournament. How did Sac State, um, what did they do to come away with the win tonight? They made more shots than we did. They made more plays. They, I mean, we, we got, you know, we got shots. We shot below our average for the season from the field. We shot below our average from three. And we even shot below our average from, um, from the free throw line. You know, we were, I think, a top two or three free throw percentage team all season. So they made more shots than we did. And, you know, you still got to, well, so let's go to the basket. So. Sophia, games like this are tough to swallow. What are the emotions like after a tough loss like this? Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Everyone um, 
was expecting to win coming into this game. I mean, we didn't overlook them. We knew we still had to play well to win, but um, yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's sad. It's just I don't know. It's hopefully we can rally together and use this as motivation for next year. But right now, it hurts. What about you, Abby? Um, yeah, it sucks, but it definitely it fuels you. Um, we all said in the locker room, we're tired of this. We're we're tired of this defeating feeling in the Boise locker room or the Reno locker room that we've had the last couple of years. And at this point, you know, it's just, it's so important that we are all in the gym this summer, that we all believe in this program. I want to get Montana Lady Grizz back to the dynasty it was. And I wholeheartedly believe that, you know, Sophia and I and Carmen and all of our Kylie, all of our underclassmen, I think we have the group to do it. We just gotta, we gotta get in the gym this summer and we, we can't lose anymore. Anderson, Sophia Styles, Mike Petrino after the game last night. I heartfelt last statement there by Abby Anderson. Really appreciated that from her, that she understands the tradition. She understands the history of the program. And uh, like she said, they're tired of this feeling. They want to turn the page. They want to get this thing back on track. They want to be the Lady Grizz of old. And I think that's the number one step is just acknowledging that pressure, but embracing it. It's not just pressure. It's a privilege. And I think that uh, that was one of the great parts about Robin Selvig is his team, they always had unwavering expectations, but they always embraced those. They never let the pressure get to them and said they had fun by being the best team in the in the league each and every year. It is Nuanez now on 102.90 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television, broadcasting to you live from the Big Sky Tournament in Boise, Idaho. About 18 minutes to go before the third quarterfinal game of the Big Sky Conference Women's Tournament. The number two-seeded Idaho Vandals warming up right now on the court, as are the number seven-seeded Northern Arizona Lumberjacks. This will be a good game. And you had uh, a weird year with a bunch of injuries and COVID interruptions and uh, some players opt out, but they're a talented squad. And uh, the Idaho Vandals, one of the best squads in the league to watch. They're really fun. They're talented. They get up and down. They play a really fun style of basketball. So uh, it remains to be seen how this matchup will play out, but it's going to be a good one here. If you missed the first two results of the day, Idaho State cruised past Portland State. It was never really in question. Idaho State, well-oiled machine right now. The top seed of Bengals into the semis. And then the second game of the quarterfinals, a slugfest between Northern Colorado and Southern Utah. The UNC comes out on top with a 63-59 win over the fifth seed of Thunderbirds. So that means the Bears into the semifinals to take on the top-seeded Idaho State Bengals. we got to get out. We have a whole bunch more coming up. We're going to hear from Crystal Redpath, our women's basketball uh, insider here in a, in, a, in this next segment, and then we're going to push back the Treasure State Stars. We usually do that in the four o'clock hour. We're going to push back Treasure State Stars to the five o'clock hour as well. Keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. It is Nuanez now. I'm Coulter Nuanez back after this. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home
Day two of the Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Tournament. We are coming to you from, it's not Century League Arena anymore. I called it that yesterday, Idaho Central Arena here in Boise, Idaho. And uh, yesterday, the first day of the Women's Basketball Tournament, filled with three games of action. We'll get to the Lady Grizz and their historic loss last night to Sacramento State, but a couple other games before that. Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Analyst, and also the color commentator for all the TV broadcasts for this week's games, joining us. Krista, probably a whirlwind getting back in the flow yesterday, but you have to be loving it, calling a couple games. It was so great, Coulter, to be back in the arena, and both Jenny Kavnar and myself having that abrupt cancellation last year before the championship game and not allowing Montana State or Idaho to be crowned champion. It was a lot of fun to watch the teams get back out on the hardwood, and I think, I mean, I commend our conference for making it happen. The flow of this thing has been a lot uh, better than I expected. I thought this was going to be really a pain to get everywhere and do everything, but it hasn't been. We got all set up great. I got my third floor perch. It's it's all good. Every, uh, we had a bunch of people stop by yesterday, Riley Corker and Sean Rainey, Tom Wistershill, so it was a fun show, and uh, we'll be coming back at you again, as always, on Nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. And let's start with the first game of the tournament, Chris, the Portland State and Eastern Washington got this thing kicked off, and it's easy to forget that Portland State is actually the defending champions in this tournament. It's been a long time since we crowned a champion, but I thought that was the story of the game. I thought that Portland State particularly the girls who've played this tournament before and had success in this tournament, Callie Jimenez, Desiree Hansen, Tatiana Strom, they all just looked really comfortable. I thought that they, there was really no nerves for Portland State. They just kind of came out and took care of business. They really did, and then you add Jada Lewis into the mix, and they had four players in double figures. I thought Portland State played really poised. They spread the, wa- the ball nicely, and they executed on the offensive end. If you're Lynn Kennedy, Portland State head coach, you have to, at this point, love when you see Eastern Washington on the other side of the bracket. It has nothing to do with the quality of Eastern's program. Portland State's now beat Eastern four years in a row in this tournament and five out of the last six years. It's kind of just like the way that the season ends for Eastern, no matter which round it is in. So you have to feel bad for Wendy Schuler's team because, you know, a lot of times in this league, when you're talking about outside of the top couple teams, it is all about matchups, and it seems like the best matchup for Portland State is Eastern, and the worst matchup for Eastern is Portland State. I always think that 8-9 is fascinating just because they are going to end up seeing the number one seed as we're going to watch Portland State take on Idaho State. I mean, it's a battle for that 8-9. Teams that are similar, they've had games during the season where they've put it together and they've also had inconsistencies. So if you're Coach Kennedy, you're happy with your ability to put it together on the offensive end. Second game, Northern Northern Arizona took care of business against Weaver State as well. I think that's what makes both Portland State and Northern Arizona interesting because they are the seven and the eight seeds respectively, but they have a lot of talent and they also have coaches that have proven they could win in this tournament. And I think both those teams were affected by circumstance. Portland State couldn't start practicing until way later than everybody else. So we'll see. By the time you're listening to this, the Portland State-Idaho State game will have already been played, so we'll give you a result on that. But I do think, uh, just to touch on something that's in the future, that will be in the past while you're listening, I do think Portland State might be able to test Idaho State a little bit just because of the confidence of some of those players. Northern Arizona, same thing. Uh, J.J. Nakai was on fire. Uh, they had a week off before the tournament. They used it well, it seemed like. And uh, they're at full strength for the first time in a long time. And so NAU, I mean, we've talked about them all year. They're way more talented than the normal seven seed, right? They really are. And, you know, Coach Payne really liked the matchup against Weber State because they had played well against Weber in the regular season. And, again, Coach Payne likes that up-tempo transition type of offense. She likes to get lots of shots up. I think midway through the second quarter, they had taken twice as many shots as Weber. That's exactly their game plan. 
they had a lot of different weapons step, step up, four kids in double figures. Nakai was 19 points, but you also have to talk about Skink. Mm -hmm. Regan Skink did a very good job leading the point and leading the break. She had 11 points. Super uh, happy. We, we uh, sort of complained about some of the all-league over uh, sites, but I was super happy that Regan Skink got all-league because I think she absolutely deserves it. She's for sure one of the best uh, heart and soul players in the league. She plays so hard. Really fun to watch. Uh, as I said, it is Nuana's now 1029 ESPN Missoula. The first couple quarterfinals games will be over by the time you're listening to this, so we'll give you an update on both how the Portland State-Idaho State as well as Northern Arizona and Idaho games played out. But we have to get to what happened last night. And at the same time, this is uh, unfortunate, shocking, and um, something that's going to resonate throughout this tournament for the entire rest of the week. It's not often. In fact, I would say it's been it's never happened when a loser of a first-round women's basketball tournament game might actually dominate the entire conversation for the rest of the week. And that might be the case. You don't want to overblow this. There's going to be a lot of positive stuff coming out as tournament champions to be crowned. But Montana, the number six seed, they lose to Sacramento State last night. Sac State was the 11th seed. They were a two-win team coming into this tournament. There's 351 Division I programs. Sac State had an RPI of 339 coming into this game. So one of the 10 or 11 lowest-ranked teams in the country. First of all, congratulations to Bucky Harker Road's team. I thought that they played their absolute butts off. They were never scared. They played with nothing to lose, and they put all the pressure on Montana. Montana got out to a 9-2 lead about 90 seconds into this game, and you thought, wow, Lady Grizz look great. They're going to just smoke them. And then they started tightening up, and the shots started not falling. And all of a sudden, they're 2 of 14 from 3 in the in the first half. Then the third quarter, still can't find one. And then they start pressing it in the fourth quarter. It was just almost a full meltdown. And we're going to get into all the different factors of what into this but i mean chris this is the first time an 11 seed has won a game in this tournament on the women's side this was a, supposed to be a huge mismatch for lady grizz and i mean it was just honestly a shocking loss last night i think that sac state played like they had nothing to lose and they were relentless out on the floor and they did a really nice job attacking the basket opening up that lane and allowing their kids to shine uh, i thought montana was on their heels. I mean, they came out aggressive on the offensive end, uh, but outside of Abby, Carmen, and Sophia, they struggled to get any type of offensive output from their perimeter, and they just go through these dry spells. I think it was close to six and a half minutes where they didn't score, and you just you can't win in a tournament setting if you can't put the ball in the basket. Only five players for Lady Grizz scored yesterday. I mean, you mentioned Sophia Stiles. She had 17 points, uh, but she did struggle shooting the ball, one of five from three, six of 12 from the free throw line. Uh, Carmen G. Feller had 11 points. Abby Anderson had 14 points. Uh, but it was more than just the scoring output. To me, I think the Lady Grizz were haunted by the ghosts of their recent past. We've seen them lose games like this uh, late in the season or in rivalry scenarios or in this tournament. And here they are now having exited this tournament after one game in all but one of the last five years since Robin Selvig retired. And to me, watching the Lady Grizz down the stretch last night, this was not uh, a matter of physical performance. This was a matter of mental execution. I think that as soon as they started to tighten, it kept tightening, it kept tightening, and you can just feel the pressure mounting, feel the pressure mounting, and all of a sudden it just got completely away from them. They could, I mean, they can talk about, oh, we had a bad shooting now, we shot 4 of 31 from 3, but at some point you have to break the chain. You have to mentally overcome that, and you have to just get a couple easy buckets. And uh, the fact that this has been a scenario we've seen play out in Cat Grizz games and at this tournament, to me, it's something that 
you can fix, but it needs to be addressed because to me, it's not a physical thing. It's it's all upstairs. It's all mental. Right. It's disappointing anytime that you, you don't make shots and you put together those long stretches where you just can't find any offensive rhythm. And again, we see glimpses with Montana where they just have tremendous plays. I mean, Sophia, just agile, athletic. We see um, Carmen and Abby underneath just battling. You know, Kylie Froelich had some moments where she came in and gave them a, a little bit of a spark, but it's just not consistent enough. You've got to get other players that can step up and help you when it counts. There was a moment in that game, Sophia Styles. she missed a free throw and she was mad, but then she chased down the Sac State guard and just stripped the ball from her and the wing got a layup. And I just thought that was like a microcosm of how kind of the throws of emotions, how good they could be, but also just uh, how much the, the mental part of it is sort of an obstacle. Chris, I know you got to get out of here, so we'll continue to recap these things as the quarterfinals march on. But um, the news of the day last night was that Lady Grizz lost. So I guess just one last thought. It seems as if... The program has been in a, a, a tough spot for five years, but it seems to me, like you said, they have three really talented players. Uh, it seems to me like it's not, I, want, I don't want to say an easy fix, but it seems like a linear fix. So, I mean, just one last thought on that loss last night. I think that um, losing doesn't feel good, Coulter, and they do need to regroup. They need to take a look at their program inside and out and continue to put in the time in the off season and do all the little things right. If I could give them any advice, I would say play lots of basketball over the summer, play together. Go play rat ball, pickup ball, get on a blacktop and just start playing with each other and having fun playing basketball. Chris Redpath, our Big Sky Women's basketball analyst, joining us. We'll be back with more later on today and throughout the week. It is Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Nuanez Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. Chris Redpath joining us. She's our women's basketball insider. We do it around the Big Sky Women's Hoops each and every week. But uh, we will continue to give you feedback on all of the action from the women's tournament pretty much each and every day right here on Nuanez Now. Hour one in the books, hour two coming at you hot. Stick it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as SWX Montana Television. We got our Treasure State Stars, which is standout amateur athletes from around the state of Montana from over the weekend, as well as then uh, an interview with Steve Kelvert. He's the head coach for the University of Providence men's basketball team. We also have an excerpt from Grizz Greats, the 25th anniversary of the 1995 National Champs with Kelly Stensrud, former Grizz running back. More on Nuanas now after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 